electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, Carissa Carpenter is a budding movie mogul who wants to build the next Hollywood. She had this unbelievable ability to tap into people's dreams. But Carpenter needs the perfect spot for her billion-dollar project. And several small towns want a starring role. They thought it was real. And they thought it was going to provide 2,000 jobs. And I'm honest, I'm honorable, and I'm a good woman. Her one-woman show runs for nearly 20 years. She found an unlimited number of willing people with lots of money to say, yeah, I want to be part of that. But there's no Hollywood happy ending for Carpenter's investors. She told people that she put hundreds of millions of dollars of her own money into the project, and that was not the case. I didn't steal their money. They made an investment. What can you say? You know, some days you just got to go tip your hat to her ability to swindle. Abundant fields of sunflowers and tomato crops surround the sleepy town of Dixon, California. But in 2013, the small community 20 miles west of Sacramento is in the white-hot spotlight. The biggest movie studio in the world is going to be built in the middle of its fertile farmland. This was cast as a $2.8 billion movie studio project. There was nothing small about it. According to the project supervisor, Carissa Carpenter, the movie studio will be the envy of the film industry. She was going to build it bigger and better than anybody else in California. She had this team of investors who were all these Hollywood moguls who were going to come in and build this thing in Dixon. Carpenter says the new studio will provide thousands of high-paying jobs to this community of just under 20,000 residents. The city manager and the mayor at the time were all in. They thought this was the greatest thing that was ever going to happen to Dixon, and they were going to be the ones who brought it home. There were opportunities for small businesses in town to ramp up their business due to filmmakers being in town and visiting restaurants or, you know, uh, other stores. They talked about how great it was going to be to have movie stars in town, Tom Cruise coming through, Robert De Niro. At a Dixon City Council meeting in March 2013, Carpenter triumphantly announces that her company, Morning View LLC, has successfully secured the land necessary to officially begin the project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We did it. We got 300 acres. It is time for Morning View to move forward. Please, it's taken us 14 years and technically 16 and a half to get here. And 33 individuals and everybody's put every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears into this company. But Carissa Carpenter's grand statement isn't exactly the triumph it appears to be. According to federal authorities... 
Her presentation is just the latest chapter in a decades-long con. Ms. Carpenter's penchant for theatrics made her a, a almost one-of-a-kind fraudster, at least during my, my career as a prosecutor. I don't think there's any question she was a con artist. Dixon is just the most recent target of her scam. Since the late 1990s, Carpenter has seduced residents in more than half a dozen communities with the lure of Hollywood and making herself rich in the process. She had this unbelievable ability to tap into people's dreams. She would offer all kinds of stories about uh, potential financiers. One of them was supposed to be uh, someone that was related to the Habsburg family. You know, she had told us, uh, I think on several occasions, uh, that she was a child star of some kind. It's true that Carpenter has some kind of ties to Hollywood, but separating fact from fiction is a tricky proposition. Carissa Carpenter is a very complicated woman. Um, we trailed her for years, and I still don't think I have her figured out. In the mid-1990s, Michael Raniero is a Northern California entrepreneur and aspiring actor. By chance, he meets Carissa Carpenter on a casting call. I first met Carissa sort of on a dare for my wife to go out and be an actor. There was a casting call that she saw in the paper seeking actors for upcoming film projects. So I went, and that's when I met Carissa. At the time, Carissa Carpenter runs a casting agency. He says she helps him land some bit parts in films and television series. She got me in a TV movie with Cheryl Ladd called Tangled Web. She got me in the Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous. She put me in a um, movie with John Travolta and Edward O'Neill called Lucky Numbers. Carpenter tells clients she has an extensive Hollywood background. She claimed that she was the youngest child actress for the William Morris Agency and that at some point she'd had an accident and so she had to switch from acting to being an agent. In the 1990s, Renero says Carpenter's agency is well known in Northern California and works with a number of respectable Hollywood studios. Carissa Carpenter lives in an exclusive gated community in the Sacramento suburb of Granite Bay. Ranero says he's blown away when he visits the home. The, the home that she bought uh, here in Los Lagos was a probably a $4 million home. She had some cred. Kimberly West is a neighbor of Carissa's in Granite Bay. They strike up a friendship, initially built on their husband's uncommon first name. When I heard her husband's name, Everett, which is unusual, I was like, Everett? My husband's name's Everett. And so that's how we met. Carissa Carpenter lands her neighbor's walk-on roles in a few movies and TV shows. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. In fact, someone came up one time and said, are you Jane Seymour? I'm like, no. <laughs> She's in that tent over there. Around this time, Carpenter tells her friends that she wants to take her career to the next level. She has a dream of building her own movie studio in Northern California. She's pretty dynamic. She come across like, you know, we're going to have the sound stages and we're going to have, it's going to be, you know, like a universal studio along with the sound stages. Kimberly says her husband, Everett Parsons, 
is especially intrigued by the proposal. He came from Texas, so he really loved cowboy movies. He just got really excited about the whole thing, um, more than I did. Everett Parsons is newly retired. After a career working for the department store Montgomery Ward, he recently took a buyout from the company. Kimberly says Carissa Carpenter takes a special interest in her husband when she learns of his financial situation. I know she was really pushing it whenever it got his buyout and had, she's started enticing him to get more involved. Michael Ranero says Carissa Carpenter also pitches him on the movie studio. So her pitch to me was, well, first it was very secret. You know, can't let this out. We have the opportunity here to bring Hollywood to Northern California and do so on a grand scale. The dream isn't that far-fetched. Los Angeles may be the center of the world's film industry, but in the 1990s, Hollywood begins to make inroads north of the border. Vancouver, obviously, uh, was a location that was highly desired. It was, it was actually a relatively short plane flight. You, you could tell that there was a, a tipping point happening. Carissa Carpenter has a grand plan to keep the movie business in the Golden State. And she said she had done a study in 1994 where they showed the lack of space in Hollywood, in Los Angeles, and the wait lists of people. Sometimes productions were waiting, you know, two, three, four years to have a soundstage to create their film. Carpenter says with the right plan, they could make millions. So she made a pitch to me, and that's when I wrote my first check for $50,000. I said I wanted in, and so I got in. She gave me my stock, and that was that. Michael Ranero and Everett Parsons helped form a board of directors for Carissa's new project, Declaration Studios. Ranero says the project has approximately 20 initial investors. Carpenter claims many are big-name Hollywood players who prefer to remain anonymous. She had said that George Lucas was involved in some way. He was going to bring his clout into the project. She was very, very vague about all of that. He says Carissa Carpenter is also willing to put her money where her mouth is. She had said she had put in close to $4 million at that point in time. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Carissa Carpenter has her executive team in place and by 1999 is in search of the perfect location for her dream movie project, Declaration Studios. 
She, I think, really believed that she was going to do something amazing. Carpenter is the project's chief executive officer. Carissa, in stature, she only stands maybe slightly north of five feet tall. So she's not super tall. Um, she's a bundle of energy. She comes off very intelligent, very dynamic. She liked being in the limelight. The group sets its sights on vacant land just east of Sacramento. There was a property in El Dorado Hills that was exactly what she wanted. A uh, huge tract of land out there, and she was very, very excited about it. The land is hilly and rugged, but is wide open and could provide the perfect spot for the studio. And she had one of the biggest developers in town uh, helping her to look over the land. He told me that he had heard George Lucas had flown in twice on his helicopter to look the property over. Over the next year, the group takes steps to secure the land rights. Marco Ranero says he puts in another $50,000 to help the venture move forward. So when the additional 50 came in, I had the chance to get more shares and increase my, uh, my, uh, my ownership. Of course, I'm in. I see everything that's happening. This is going to close quickly. I could feel it. Everett Parsons puts in a couple hundred thousand dollars of his own. No, I knew money was really tight because he'd given most of it to her, as he called it, you know, investing in that project. But the project is spending a lot of money. She had attorneys involved. She had accountants involved. She had uh, architects involved. She always paid top dollar for the advice that she was getting. Carissa Carpenter's personal expenses are also extensive. Expenses such as stays at the finest hotels, designer clothing, even horses. If you are giving an investment, that's for capital to use in the business, right? Not for uh, the owner of that business to, you know, live in luxury hotels. We had advised her, look, take a salary, spend it however you like. But when you ask for reimbursement from the company for something that might not quite be a business expense, that's not quite how you do it, because that can be questioned. She also likes to travel. She traveled a lot to Europe. She would often use that as an excuse or a lure for investors telling them that she had financiers in, in Europe who were going to fund the project. But really, she was just using investor money to fund her lifestyle. Kimberly West says that she and her husband, Everett Parsons, accompanied Carissa on one trip to London. We had a beautiful dinner with the Lloyds and Lennon. They brought out some high-end $400 bottles of wine. I said, well, we, we paid for that anyways. But we had this lovely dinner by the uh, London Bridge. Carissa Carpenter eventually divorces her husband, ditches Granite Bay, and sets her sights on Southern California. When she was negotiating one of the deals, she was staying at the Beverly Hilton at that time. She was taking meetings and meeting with investors and people, and so she said she had to be down there. Everett Parsons declines an on-camera interview with American Greed, but tells us on the phone that he personally pays for her weeks-long stay at the Beverly Hilton. He even gives Carissa his wife's car. I mean, he even gave her my Mercedes. I mean, he'd be paying, next thing I know, he's paying her phone bills and the rent and... All kinds of crazy things. Carpenter also claims to have extensive medical bills. She had every ailment imaginable, from heart to cancer, to things I've never heard of. She told us 
On several occasions, she'd had a hysterectomy, and I think you only get to have one of those. In an exclusive interview with American Greed, Carpenter insists her medical issues are legitimate. My medical issues are consistent and have been since 1991. I've had 51 major events since 1991. So I have worked through and continue to work regardless even if I was in the hospital. She also disputes the accusation that she misused investor funds. No, that's not true. Let me explain. I sold and loaned on a portion of my percentage of stock. Now, when you're doing a a private placement memorandum, you can borrow money or loan on money on your personal stock. In late 2000, the Declaration Studios Group receives unexpected bad news. The El Dorado Hills site allegedly has environmental problems. El Dorado Hills, we hit asbestos and serpentine rock. That killed us. We couldn't go any farther, so we backed out of the land. It was at that point where costs started rising. So to get that abated, you know, the, the cost of the project was starting to increase. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. After an initial setback, Carissa Carpenter has a new location for her dream studio, just north of Sacramento in Sutter County. She even gets a full-page spread in the local newspaper. And I'll never forget the picture. It was on the front page of the Sacramento Bee. And it showed her in the middle of the Sutter property with an umbrella, and it said Dreamer on it. She was so happy with that article. She described this Disneyland-like village she was going to build with a studio uh, on this farmland. Carpenter tells the paper that the project has major backers. She said that she could get the White House on the phone to clear any hurdles. She could get George Bush on the phone. But the excitement is short-lived. Just like the El Dorado Hills project, there seems to be a problem. Carissa tells her board she needs more money to see the project through. We were in contract to buy the property, and she put an amount down when she signed the contract. And then six months later, uh, $150,000 was due as good faith to continue the, the transaction. 
Michael Raniero contributes another $50,000 to keep the dream alive. Other board members put up the remaining money. If we hadn't have done that, we would have lost the Sutter property. So we were kind of, we were forced into it, in my perspective. Renero says he drops a total of $150,000 into Declaration Studios. Everett Parsons tells American Greed he invests over $400,000. He just ran out of money. We had no more money to give her. He ran out of money. He kept going until it was gone. Despite their investments, the Declaration Studios project in Sutter County falls apart when the board says Carissa Carpenter fails to close the deal. When we lost that last deal, then things got really weird. Things got real. Her board of directors got wind of the fact that she was spending money extravagantly, and they confronted her on it. And we all resigned on the same day. The whole board left on the same day. And then she disappeared. The people in, the planning people in Sutter County said, yeah, we, you know, she was going through the permit process and then vanished. Late in 2001, Carissa surprisingly resurfaces almost 3,000 miles away in South Carolina. But her dream has changed slightly. She tells a new group of potential investors that she wants to build an animation studio that will rival the Walt Disney Corporation. She went to South Carolina. She um, managed to meet with the governor of South Carolina to discuss building a movie studio there. She met with all the movers and shakers there. Carpenter is a special guest at dinner parties and is given a helicopter tour across the state to scout locations for her studio. And they wined and dined her uh, there because there was this California woman who's going to build a movie studio in South Carolina. It's going to be great. But the South Carolina project falls apart when local officials say Carissa Carpenter fails to make down payments and misses deadlines. The heat was really turned up on her because the people that she was dealing with in South Carolina were not like me where, eh, I made a bad decision, time to move on. They felt that they were wrong. They felt that they were misled. And then that project fizzled. Uh, she just disappeared. After the failures of the El Dorado and Sutter County projects, the financial situation in the Parsons' home is tense. I was getting pretty upset financially trying to hold the fort myself. So I was, I was getting pretty upset with him, like, what a waste. You know, he worked so hard his whole life. But what happens next is even more unexpected. One afternoon in 2002, Kimberly West is stunned when her husband fails to pick her up from work. I didn't know where he was. My daughter came and got me. She took me home and we just chatted for a long time and I'm like, where is he? She eventually sees there's a message on her answering machine. Hi, babe, it's me. Um, I'm sorry, we're not talking in person. But anyway, I just, um, I just can't take it anymore. I've, um, I'm going to Texas. I was so, I couldn't believe it. I was like in shock. Kimberly says her husband leaves due to his financial setbacks. Everett Parsons tells FBI investigators that his investments with Carpenter cost him his marriage. I was devastated. First thing that went through my mind, I said, 
besides him being my husband, I thought, I just lost my best friend. The couple eventually divorced. As for Carissa Carpenter, by 2004, she set her sights on a new location south of Sacramento. She was purporting to build a $3.49 billion uh, city, essentially. It was going to have a movie studio, it was going to have golf courses, it was going to have hotels. The River Islands development is an actual massive planned community just outside of Stockton. There was only one problem with that deal, is that she had no connection to the River Islands project whatsoever. Susan Deloso is the president of the River Islands development. She says the executive team does initially take meetings with Carissa Carpenter in 2004. And that's when she approached us about putting a movie studio in the business park, which would have brought lots of jobs and lots of fame. And so we were definitely eager to talk to her. Well, everyone in my team, including my lawyers, had tons of meetings with these people. But the proposed deal falls through when Carpenter's actions once again fail to match her rhetoric. She would always miss dates by you know, being in the hospital or she had a strange disease that was rare. And when things would come up that she would have to provide some financing or, or come up with some of the cash that we had agreed to, um, just never happened. However, Carissa Carpenter is determined to see her dream through. Over the next few years, federal authorities say she hijacks the development's business plan. Ms. Carpenter is really adept at uh, taking real work that was being done by real companies and purloining it and making it part of her scheme. Well, this is really interesting. So over the years, Carissa apparently put together two marketing brochures. There are definitely maps and pictures from the project that she took off our website. Carpenter's brochures make it seem like the River Islands project is her vision. She tells people that she drops $123 million of her own money into the development. She's absolutely making false statements about how much money she's obtained and what's included in, in these documents is completely fraudulent about any ownership. To fund her latest project, federal authorities say she looks outside of California. Over the next six years, she finds a trove of willing investors in Utah. It's my understanding that she had a connection with uh, Utah brokers, and they were looking for an investment for their clients. And Ms. Carpenter happily supplied them with uh, tales of this development and even offered stock in her make-believe company. Eric Fry is one of the Utah investors. He says he first encounters Carpenter during a pitch meeting in a hotel around 2006. So we go down there, and she's there, of course, and, you know, it's all about her and her childhood and how she was the only blue-eyed blonde in all of Japan, so they just ate her up. Fry says she's persuasive. She claimed she was going to own the utility districts and get us, you know, every time a toilet slush, we'd get paid. Every time a light turned on, you know, we were going to make money off of that. Fry says he takes out a home equity loan and invests $125,000. Authorities say Carpenter raises over $1 million from the Utah Investment Group. One of the big spending sprees was right after she collected the money out of Salt Lake. You know, there were diamonds, there were fancy dogs. There was one boyfriend she had, and she promised him uh, 
that once the company got going, he was going to get a Maserati. A few investors actually make the trip to California to see their investment in person. I had a gentleman from Utah who showed up at our front door, and he basically walked in and said, "Hey, I'm an owner. I'm an owner. Show me the land." And so I chatted with him and said, "What do you mean you're an owner? We, we don't have any outside investors in our project." But he was a little dismayed when he left my office. The Utah Investment Group says they tried to confront Carpenter, but she spends numerous excuses and eventually vanishes. The River Islands executives say they sent Carpenter numerous cease and desist letters, and even contact the FBI. After the River Islands debacle, Carpenter resurfaces in the East Bay, Vallejo, California, in 2010. She pitches her movie studio for Mare Island, a former naval base that's been vacant for over a decade. Vallejo was a town with severe financial problems. They'd been in bankruptcy. And so she came to town and said, I'm going to build this project. Once again, Carpenter lines up legitimate development teams and architects for her dream project. So a lot of times what would happen with these companies is they would do some preliminary work with the hope that someday if the project actually came to fruition, they would get a, a large payout at the end. What Ms. Carpenter would do was make it appear that they were uh, substantially involved. The feds say Carpenter once again misses crucial deadlines. No one would be willing to move forward because they had reached a point where simply they needed to see the money. It was time to, to put up or shut up. And so Ms. Carpenter would then move off to another location telling her investors that something had happened, uh, but she had found, you know, the next, uh, the next golden location. In 2013, that golden location is Dixon, the farming community just west of Sacramento. And it really hit with a bang, uh, because people always, I think a lot of Dixonites have big hopes of development coming to Dixon, like a major industry or something like that. Bill Paul is a local author who has written a book about Carissa Carpenter's grand plans for Dixon. Carissa Carpenter knew how to push buttons to get people to react here in the city. There were promises of uh, jobs for a lot of local people. She had real, solid members of her team. Her lawyer was a former legislator here, the head of the state Republican Party. These were real players. Carissa tells officials that she needs 300 acres in Dixon before her plans can move forward. They spent a lot of time trying to convince landowners to to sell or initially to sign letters of intent. American Greed reaches out to several Dixon City officials about their interactions with Carpenter, but they decline comment. We uncovered no evidence that Ms. Carpenter ever took any real steps to purchase the property. In fact, uh, those involved said it, it became really obvious that this was not a, a legitimate or serious effort to buy land, despite what she was telling the city and council and others. During this time, Sacramento Bee journalist Margie Lundstrom says she receives an anonymous tip from a Dixon City official. I remember when I got the original tip saying, something isn't right here. $2.8 billion studio in this small town down the road. At the time, that was six times the price of the new arena that was going in in Sacramento for the Sacramento Kings. I mean, it just on its face didn't make sense. Over the next several months, Margie Lundstrom and Sam Stanton 
a husband and wife reporting team, dig into Carissa Carpenter's background. The more we looked, the more odd it seemed. And I found a court file in Los Angeles uh, involving the sale of an $18.5 million Beverly Hills mansion to her, uh, in which, you know, she never paid for the mansion. And so once I read those documents, I thought, okay, there's something here. According to their investigation, Carpenter is a serial grifter. A default car loan, an eviction notice, file after file after file with her not paying her bills. Um, A picture was starting to develop. The reporters identify at least 19 tax liens and dozens of civil actions against Carpenter over the past 20 years. She owes over $50,000 to a dentist in Beverly Hills. And everywhere I looked, there was another case against her involving furniture she hadn't paid for or cosmetic surgeries she hadn't paid for or bounced checks. And at some point we thought, well, we need to get to her and and ask her about this because at the time she was telling Dixon that she was going to build this massive multi-billion dollar studio. In the spring of 2013, Sam Stanton lands an interview with Carissa Carpenter. So I drove to Los Angeles to interview her, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll be going to her movie studio, her somewhere in Hollywood, presumably. And instead, we met at uh, a TGI Fridays in Simi Valley. Stanton says Carpenter thinks the interview is another puff piece on her latest venture. But the interview quickly turns serious. I spent quite a bit of time asking her about the plans and the project and her investors. And after about an hour, I switched gears and said, you know, tell me about these bills you don't pay and these checks that bounce and these court cases against you. And And I'm honest and honorable and I'm a good woman. And everybody that's been with this program and this project from day one has stayed with me. Stanton asks Carpenter about the $50,000 she owes to the Beverly Hills dentist. There's a case pending against you now. Right. Uh, My teeth all broke from falling and cracked open all my teeth in my mouth. And he didn't finish the work. And I had four abscesses that went into an infection into my heart. So I have not been able to get that finished. And when I get it, when I get well, okay, but... Stanton says Carissa Carpenter has an excuse for everything. Yeah, her identity had been stolen. Um, She was working with the Secret Service. She was working with Interpol. Uh, There was always an excuse. Carpenter says the River Islands fiasco was just a misunderstanding. We were in the process of trying to finance it, and everything went sideways when the real estate market cratered. We lost our financing, which is why we didn't end up closing. In 2013, the reporter's story about Carissa Carpenter and her shady past is featured on the front page of the Sacramento Bee. In Dixon, the piece hits hard. The Sacramento Bee articles came like a bombshell. Many residents don't want to believe what the reporters find. They blame the newspaper for trying to sabotage the proposed movie studio and Dixon's chance at millions. The reporting was very accurate, it was very detailed, very in-depth. But even so, there were some in the community who said, oh, it was a hit job. You know, they're out to get her. 
After the publication of the Sacramento Bee Expose, federal authorities begin an investigation of Carissa Carpenter. What was revealed is she's just a, a charlatan who really had no uh, substance, but was all about selling a dream and getting lots of people's money to fund her uh, out-of-control lifestyle. And that appears to have been her entire career. We uh, interviewed witnesses back to the 80s, so it seems to have been a, a quite a long-running scheme. In 2014, federal prosecutors in Sacramento hit Carissa Carpenter with a 32-count indictment, charging her with mail fraud, wire fraud, and making a false statement to a government agent. She was lying on documents and then sending those documents either in emails uh, to to folks in other states uh, to perpetuate the scheme. The government officially says Carpenter pockets over $3.5 million. That was official. That's the official kind of number. Uh, There's certainly a chance that it could be more. Federal authorities say that Carpenter spends investor money on herself rather than the development of any movie studio and that she never actually invests any of her own money into the projects. She would live a fairly luxurious lifestyle, and it was essentially this was her only business and only source of income. We identified numerous instances of investor money being used to pay off or down uh, credit cards. She lived uh, kind of always on the edge with respect to her finances, living a life she couldn't afford but for the fact that she was able to, to take investor money. Federal investigators contact George Lucas. The Hollywood legend submits a declaration to the court saying he's never even met Carpenter. Uh, We were able to obtain a declaration from Mr. Lucas who attested that he was not involved in Ms. Carpenter's project at all, uh, had no intention of being involved. After her indictment, Carpenter begins making regular court appearances, but many devolve into spectacles. Ms. Carpenter... Uh, at least in my opinion, uh, attempted to faint three times at three different proceedings. One time an ambulance came and went up to the 14th floor of the courthouse, whatever it was, put her on a stretcher, took her down to the first floor, put her in an ambulance. One time, she tries to dodge prosecution by becoming a member of the Knights Templar, the ancient and mysterious religious order. She had somehow became convinced that she could escape prosecution by becoming a baroness. To become a baroness, she had to purchase a cloak. And if if she could just get this cloak and become Lady Carissa, as she referred to herself, she would be immune from prosecution. After years of delays, in July of 2018, Carpenter pleads guilty to two counts of mail fraud and one count of lying to a government agent. The rest of the charges against her are dropped. She's sentenced to six and a half years in prison. The feds say her scam lasts approximately 17 years and involves dozens of victims. The day of her sentencing, I couldn't believe it. They were, you know, they were talking about the different uh, victims and they were reading off names we had never heard of. It's unbelievable the amount of people. Carpenter is incarcerated at a federal medical center in Texas. American Greed reaches out to her in prison. She tells us that she never intentionally set out to deceive investors. I didn't steal their money. They made an investment. Could I have made better decisions? Yes. Was I responsible at the end because as a CEO and chairman, 
Uh, I am responsible. Given the chance, Carpenter says she would have conducted business differently. I wouldn't have trusted a lot of people. I probably would have stopped after the first city. I think the company grew and it grew. And the larger we got, the greedier people got. And the more stars in the eyes. Carpenter says her health is failing in prison. But if she survives, she says she has one goal. I wish I was able to make good on my promises. If I stay alive, I will. And I will do everything I can with every penny I've got to make things right. I don't know how, but I'm going to try. Many victims say they doubt that will happen. And the reviews are in on this Hollywood flop. And the only restitution investors believe they'll ever receive is the sight of Carissa Carpenter behind bars. I feel like she got what she deserved at this point. I still have a lot of unanswered questions, but it is really gratifying that right now she is in prison and there's, to our knowledge, nobody else turning over $150,000 to her for a movie studio that may or may not be built. So there was just a lot of pain associated with it. She caused a lot of pain and knowing she's in jail and in prison, I mean, yeah, I don't wish that upon anyone, but at the same time, shame on her. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.